Welcome into episode 9 of the After Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Apter. Make sure to give the After Hours Podcast a follow on Twitter at After Hours Pod. And I also have a Facebook page for the podcast. Just search After Hours Podcast on Facebook and give it a like and you will be able to get all of the new episodes along with uh, the PicSwap podcast. Uh, is a podcast that I do with uh, my fellas over at sportstalkphilly.com. I post those in the Facebook group as well. Uh, and the After Hours podcast is also available to listen to on Google Play and iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure to give me some good reviews on there because I want to feel good about myself. Who doesn't want to feel good about themselves? So, this uh, episode here is going to be a little different. I'm not going to have a guest, and I don't have a script, really. Uh, for most of the episodes, I do a little bit of research, and uh, whoever my guest is to kind of make it flow a little easier and everything like that. But uh, this time, it's actually more of an episode based around myself. So um, for, for those of you who don't know, I've worked the last nine seasons in minor league baseball, uh, across five different teams, uh, from Pennsylvania to Maryland to Georgia to Florida. And uh, this past week uh, of December 21st uh, was my final week in minor league baseball after deciding to move on to a position at Kennesaw State University in marketing and social media for one of their schools. Uh, I'm really excited about the upcoming opportunity and exploring a different uh, different sector of the marketing universe. Uh, I've learned so much during my nine years of, of minor league baseball, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And this episode is more or less kind of bringing people through the, the journey I went through to get to where I was today working in minor league baseball, all the way from college to, to my first internships and everything like that. And the first thing that I want to tell people that want to work in minor league baseball or sports in general. It's one of those fields that's, that's very hard to, to get a start. Um, a lot of people say network, 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 uh, and I can't speak enough to that. A lot of the jobs that I got uh, in minor league baseball, in addition to my amazing skills and talent, uh, have been because of the people that I know. And it's very important that whenever you start off as an intern, that you keep your connections, uh, that you keep in touch uh, throughout your career, uh, because you never know who might have an open opportunity down the road that you met earlier in your career. So again, networking is very important. And it's really all about having fun. I worked in baseball because I wanted to have fun. I didn't really get into professional sports until the early 2000s. Uh, and I didn't actually go into my f uh, go to my first baseball game since uh, until I was like uh, 13 or 14 years old. So it was a little bit of a late start for me. I never went to my first minor league baseball game until I was actually in college. So anyway, so I I'm going to start uh, start the story, start the journey. Uh, I apologize in advance if I jump around a little bit, but uh, here we go. So uh, it all started off for me uh, I went to college at Lock Haven University in Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania, and had a great four years there. I had originally gone there for uh, journalism because my dad has been working in professional wrestling journalism for as long as I've been alive and as long as a lot of other people have been alive as well. So going into my college career, what I wanted to do is is do what he did, but for baseball or basketball or, you know, a professional sport. Um, so that was, that was my goal going into it. 
And after about a year and a half at Lockhaven, I just kind of noticed that the journalism school and and doing communications was just not really uh, not really a whole lot of I didn't get a whole lot of enjoyment out of it is what I'm trying to say. So uh, it just so happened that at that time they had just recently started a sport management program. Uh, at Lock Haven, and I decided to take an introductory class, and I just kind of fell in love with the concept of of all of it, really. Um, and you know, in between the next semesters, I had talked to my parents, and and my mom had had played a, a very large part in me deciding to to deviate from what I wanted to do into something I was kind of unfamiliar with, but really interested in, and that kind of started it for me. So I went through uh, the sport management program at uh at Lockhaven University and you know learned a lot of great things about sports marketing. I think one of my favorite memories of sports uh of, of doing the sports administration program there was uh a sports marketing class where we were selected in teams to put together a fantasy NASCAR team. Uh, in addition to actually putting it together online via Yahoo Sports, we had to create marketing plans and everything and do presentations in class. Uh, so me and my team uh, had uh, our team name was Ricky Bobby Racing because who doesn't love themselves a little Talladega Nights? And so our marketing plan was just so much fun. There was so much fun involved with it. Uh, we we brought in Wonder Bread for people to taste test because Ricky Bobby's main sponsor on his car in Talladega Nights was Wonder Bread. Uh, And we even decked out my 96 Nissan Altima with Wonder Bread garb and uh, jumped out the side of the windows and everything when we were doing our final presentation. And I think that's kind of when I knew that, okay, this is for me. It's a lot of fun and and I want to pursue this. And shortly afterwards, I went to my first ever minor league baseball game with my friend Marissa. Um, I went to a Reading Phillies game, now the Reading Fightin' Phils, and just kind of fell in love with the atmosphere. Uh, so family fun, uh, interactive, in between the innings, the games were just, it was just entertainment, and it's not something that you see at a major league game. It was more focused on the aspect of fan engagement rather than whether or not the team wins or loses. So I just kind of knew right then and there that that's what I wanted to pursue, and um, I had kind of fell into that uh, senioritis sort of thing my senior year of college and uh, slacked off on getting an internship in the uh, in the winter semester. So I had to pick up a minor in recreation management, and I ended up finding uh, an internship opportunity with the Reading Phillies, who I had gone to my first ever minor league baseball game at. So it was kind of coincidental with that. And I had a lot of help from my family getting me to that point because, again, when you're a senior in college, uh, you you work through three and a half years and you're just kind of at the end of when you actually want to do work. Uh, so I think their uh, help in, in getting helping me secure an, an interview with the Reading Phillies was, was so big in, in the kickstart of, of my career. And I, I obviously am so, so grateful for them believing in me at that point to be able to do it and taking time out of, out of their jobs and their schedules to, to help me find the right spot for the start of my career. And so I drove down to Reading, Pennsylvania, interviewed with uh, their internship director at the time. He's still there. His name's Mike Robinson, great guy, great personality, really knows how to develop the interns into into staff of minor league baseball. Um, and I had interviewed there 
And uh, a couple weeks later, I, I learned that I got the position at the Reading Phillies, and it was one of those moments where you just never think it would, it would happen, and it was just very surreal to me that I would be working in sports. Um, little did I know the schedule was going to be a lot more intense than I could have imagined. Um, I, I lived just outside of Philadelphia, uh, about a, a suburb, about 35, 40 minutes north of the city. So driving to Reading was going to be the big challenge. And I was only going to be making $25 a game. So that was a challenge too. Uh, fresh out of college, you know, student loans, credit card stuff, you know, everything really. Um, so I kind of took the challenge head on. You know, it was one of those things where I really wanted to, to be in baseball. I wanted to make a name for myself. And that's exactly what I tried to do. Um, so the schedule was not ideal. Uh, what I did is I worked uh, seven to nine in the, uh, seven to nine a.m. in the morning at a YMCA day camp, uh, doing like pre-camp care and everything like that to make mo- enough money to to pay for gas to be able to drive to Reading, which was about an hour to an hour and a half depending on traffic. So I'd more or less work seven to nine in the morning, drive an hour to an hour and a half to Reading, work there. Uh, from about uh, 10.30 until the end of the game, which was anywhere between 9 and 11, and then drive back home an hour, hour and a half, and kind of do it all again uh, the next day. I I was not working every single game, but for the days that I was working three, four days in a row, it was a lot working seven from 7 in the morning, pretty much, and then doing that much traveling to work... uh, you know, coming back home and getting back home at 11.30, 12 at night, and then having to wake up and do it the next day. Looking back on it now, I, I honestly don't really know how how I did it, but I'm very glad I did, and again, very grateful for the experience. And the Reading Phillies, if you ask anybody in minor league baseball, they are kind of one of the classic minor league baseball stadiums and minor league baseball towns. Uh, they're so well known for a lot of different things that they do, and having the opportunity to do my first experience there in minor league baseball was just kind of a dream come true. As a Phillies fan, got to see a lot of cool prospects: Kyle Drabeck, Dominic Brown, um, and some cool rehabs as well with Brad Lidge. Uh, Pedro Martinez was there when the Phillies signed him in 2009, so he had come to Reading first. Uh, I think that was the biggest night of the year in my internship was Pedro Martinez night, and it was paired with tribute to sliced bread night. So fans got a free uh, Reading Phillies bread box, and then on the way out, they got the first 1,000 fans that exited the stadium got a free loaf of bread. So that's minor league baseball for you. Now, in Reading, my my main responsibilities were kind of like game night oddities. Uh, It it kind of varied from night to night, but it was kind of a rotation of a few different things. Um, they had pretty much every minor league baseball has a wheel of fun where fans pay a dollar or whatever, uh, and they spin a wheel and win a prize. So that, that was a a large part of, of what I did on game nights. Um, in addition to that, sometimes we were able to help with promotions on the field, um, help out with handling the mascots and also help out, uh, with the merchandise area. And, um, you know, it was just cool just, just being able to interact with the fans and, and be a part of, of the experience that I loved so much when I went to my first game uh, in 2008. So uh, that was really cool for me. I think the biggest point in my Reading Phillies tenure, albeit brief, um, 
I, I played trumpet for 14 years throughout elementary school, middle school, and high school. And um, what I did is in order to make a name for myself there and, and make myself kind of stick out uh, above the other interns, I kind of created a, a stadium character for myself called Brando the Bando. And during the seventh inning of a lot of games, I would go out there with a couple of the other stadium characters they had, and I would try to get fans to cheer for me to be able to play the seventh inning stretch. Unfortunately, I'd lose to the crazy hot dog vendor, Recycle Man, and uh, Joey Bag of Donuts every now and then. Uh, but I did get to perform the seventh inning stretch in front of uh, a large group of fans uh, probably five or six times during the summer of 2009, so that was really cool. And I also kind of helped run a mascot train at points during games. So I was pretty much holding like a cardboard uh, locomotive looking thing and then trying to get kids to follow me and dance and everything. It was a little weird, but but it was fun. Um, and then one of the other big things that I did during my time in Reading is I kind of uh, did the uh, street team. I started the Reading Philly street team. At that point, I think they had one before, but uh, we kind of did uh, going to day camps on a regular basis with one of the mascots and hanging out with the kids. And it was kind of like a summer day camp tour to kind of spread awareness of of the team, the upcoming events, and, and just make sure that everybody in the community knew that the, the Reading Phillies were there for them, for fun, for enjoyment, and uh, for, for athletes, too, that want to play baseball. It's a great environment to be able to go watch a game and watch the future stars of of a team that, that kids were are passionate about in that area. I mean... Most people in Reading are probably Phillies fans, and so being able, again, as I said earlier, to to work for a team that was affiliated with the Phillies to start my career was was very, very cool in itself. And uh, there, I mean, there are so many things that I could talk about during my time in Reading, but it was just a great foot in the door for me. Um, and, and I met a lot of great people and it, it's it, again, one of those experiences that, that was so awesome to have at the beginning of the career to kind of, uh, let myself get a little much, a little more of a clearer vision of what I wanted to do moving forward, which was marketing. Whenever I was on the field with Brando, the, uh, as Brando, the bando or helping out with some of the slingshotting, uh, t-shirts into the crowd promotions, I just kind of got this rush of energy and that kind of um, helped me decide what I wanted to do moving forward. So after my internship in Reading, I went with my two buddies, um, Mike and Nate, to the 2009 baseball winter meetings. Uh, It's pretty much job search central around there for people that want jobs and internships in minor league baseball. Uh, Prior to going to the winter meetings, I had interviewed with the Wilmington Blue Rocks in Delaware. Um... And, and I had a really, really good interview with them and, and pretty much knew going into the winter meetings that I was going to do a nine-month internship with the Wilmington Blue Rocks. But I went to the winter meetings in case there were full-time positions open and marketing and promotions that I might be able to nab uh, without having to do another internship because the, the you know everybody wants to make the full-time dollars. And even though in minor league baseball, it's not a lot, I think the opportunity to go and network and everything with people um, at the Professional Baseball Employment Opportunities Job Fair, PBEO, uh, every year at the baseball winter meetings, there are probably between three and 500 job seekers, um, and there are probably between two and 400 jobs and internships that are posted. And it's kind of a crazy, crazy experience. Um, 
you apply. I, I think I applied for about 11 or 12 jobs, everything from promotions to ticket sales. And you pretty much put your resume in a box of the team that you want to interview with. And then they post who they want to interview in an interview room. And then you pretty much go interview uh, in this gigantic room with hundreds of tables of people pretty much interviewing right next to you for different jobs, but you're sitting at a table with, uh, interviewing for a job that you want. So uh, it was one of those experiences that was really cool to be able to talk to so many GMs from so many different teams. And um, I just remember that was the first time that I actually got to like Mara network with people in the business. And I still keep in touch with a handful of people that I met uh, during my first trip to the winter meetings. Uh, some of them are in baseball, some of them are not. Um, but it was really cool to kind of get a base of, of people that are passionate about the same thing that I was. And I came out of the winter meetings with um, a couple of job offers. The The one that was the most, the big, the, the best fit for me uh, ended up being in Mobile, Alabama. But at that point, I just didn't really want to move to Mobile, Alabama. Um, so I just opted to, um, I just opted to take the intern, the nine month assistant internship with the, uh, Wilmington Blue Rocks in Wilmington, Delaware. And it was probably the best decision I could have made. Uh, my entire nine month, uh, experience there was just so, so awesome. And my boss there, Mark Vanderhaar, I, I can't say enough how, how much he kind of helped me, create a vision of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to become in the field of minor league baseball. Um, seeing him go to work every day and seeing him at games being the goofy on field MC, I was just like, I want to do that. Like he was business when he needed to be business, when he was selling sponsorships and everything like that. But once the gates opened, it's all about the customer service and making the experience so great for the people that come through the gates. And I, I pretty much knew by you know, probably a month in that I wanted to mold my career after my boss, Mark. And I think I, I think I did an, a pretty okay job of doing that, looking at where I am right now. Um, but during my time in Wilmington, um, I mean, it, I can't remember every single bit of every job that I did, um, but the majority of it was running the on-field promotions with a promotional team of college interns, uh, you know, there was like 35 to 40 college interns, which was uh, probably about 20 to 30 more than most teams had on a regular basis. Um, but it gave me kind of a f foot in the door or got my feet wet with some management experience. And I had my rough times. There were some people that I butted, headed, butted heads with from time to time and, and people that I didn't love, uh, you know, people that I enjoyed. But I think it was one of those eye-opening experiences where when you're the supervisor of somebody, you need to be uh, more, more of an authority than you are their friend. And I think sometimes it's so easy to, to get caught in that, in that fine line because you want to make friends, you want to have everybody like you. And I think I, I kind of, that was kind of my downfall in Wilmington for me was I tried to please everybody, but you know, I should have just kind of gone out there and put down an authoritative step uh, foot. But I should have put my foot down a little bit more, but uh, again, it was, it was a gigantic learning experience for me and definitely paid off uh, in my, uh, in the following years of my career. 
Um, Wilmington was also the first place where I started doing design work. Um, if anybody knows my career right now where it is, uh, I pretty much have developed into a graphic design guru when it comes to minor league baseball stuff, designing pocket schedules, ticket brochures, ticket stock, um, pretty much the, the kitchen sink of what is designed in minor league baseball. And I got my first experience with that in Wilmington. Um, I think it was like a week into when I started there my boss came into my cubicle and said, hey, we need a President's Day ad for our ticket sale uh, that's going for our single game tickets that are going on sale. Um, so I'm going to need that to you by the to me by the end of the week. And I was just like, okay, like what program should I use? And he said Adobe Photoshop. And I kind of blankly stared at him because I had never used it before. In college at Lockhaven, I was only really using Microsoft Publisher for design purposes. So it was kind of a throw you in the fire mentality. And, uh, you know, that's the best way to, to learn things sometimes. And, you know, my first, my first, uh, ad in the Delaware news journal was not the prettiest, but as the year progressed and I started designing more things, uh, I think I got a little more of a feel of how to put things together, uh, where there's instances of too much text or too much, too many pictures, whether two things, are, whether things are too busy or not. So it kind of gave me that introductory course into, into graphic design, uh, do's and don'ts, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, my Wilmington experience was so good. Um, again, the management was so cool, and that was the first instance that I got a night, a game in. Or a game-by-game, game, I got to run the on-field promotions, setting up the promotions, helping sign up people to participate in the promotions, and I just felt right at home. It was one of those things where I knew it was what I wanted to do, and I just felt so you know, energetic and motivated to go to work every day. And um, the nine-month experience there was just so, so awesome. And again, Mark Vanderhaar, my boss there, kind of was just a great mentor for me. Uh, going into that position and then, you know, towards the end of it, helping me kind of transition into to what was next and help me kind of get to where my next step was. And, and it was a little bit of a whirlwind towards the end of my experience there because uh, when you get towards an end of an internship, you have to be a little proactive in terms of looking for full-time jobs. And what I did was... Um, I sent my resume and cover letter out to probably about uh, 40 teams in in states along the East Coast that I wanted to work with. I probably got about 12 to 15 calls back uh, with phone interviews, uh, a couple in-person interviews, um, and and a couple of job offers. So it was one of those situations where I had an opportunity somewhere. Uh, right after my internship in Wilmington, I had I had gone down there to look at the stadium, and uh, it was my only opportunity at the time. So I had accepted the position, but after after thinking about it a little bit, unfortunately, I kind of had to backtrack on on what I felt comfortable with. And uh, the the general manager and assistant general manager of that team that I took the job with and then did not take the job. Uh, were very understanding in the matter, and I actually talked to them a couple of years down the line at a at a promotional seminar and and laughed about the situation, and and they were glad to see that I was doing well, and they ended up in a good position with somebody else who had minor league baseball experience too. So right after my internship experience in Wilmington for nine months, 
I had gone through kind of a whirlwind of emotions with taking a job and then not taking that job. I was working at a place called the Sports Network doing some uh, sports uh, sports data entry stuff in the meantime while I was looking for jobs. I was interviewing for jobs in Frederick, Maryland and uh, Brooklyn, New York. And um, I ended up getting the Frederick position uh, shortly after interviewing for the second time in Brooklyn. And um, it, it was one of those long processes where I, I interviewed in Frederick. It had been a couple weeks. I hadn't heard back. You follow up. They're still in the process. Uh, so I interviewed for a job in Brooklyn, and that started to turn out really well. And I was really excited about that opportunity because I thought Frederick was not a chance anymore. And then Frederick called and uh, offered me the job as promotions manager. And that was my first full-time job that I got in minor league baseball and it was, I can't even put the experience in words, really. It was so awesome uh, to work three years in Frederick, Maryland, a team that has been a staple of that town in Maryland for such a long time. Um, so as the promotions manager, I did everything from uh, scheduling community relations appearances, being the mascot, um, helping plan the promotional schedule and execute the promotional theme nights and everything, during the 70-game season for the Keys. Um, I ran a college intern staff of about 12 to 15 college interns uh, that did the signing up contestants in the stands, um, helping run the on-field promotions, helping work uh, the group tickets table, and uh, helping deliver pocket schedules because that's a, a gigantic part of any baseball internship that you have, you're probably going to spend a, a gigantic amount of your time delivering pocket schedules to businesses around the area. So it was kind of a, a mix of a lot of different things, and it was a great first full-time job for me. Uh, I got to work with a lot of people uh, on a former episode of the After Hours podcast. I had my former supervisor, Adam Pohl, on here, and he was just uh, so great um, in getting me acclimated to a full-time job and kind of getting me more in tune as to to what exactly the goals are of the organization. It's one of those things where as an intern in any place you go, uh, you feel like you're a part of the front office, but you kind of know if there's not a full-time opportunity that uh, there's a lot of stuff and planning and, and everything in the offseason that you don't necessarily know. So Frederick was kind of that first place where I jumped in in the offseason and got to experience the planning and uh, putting the promotional calendar together and doing different marketing plans to be able to do that. A lot of my job right when I first got to Frederick was uh, spearheading the Keys for Reading program, which is a reading incentive program in Frederick. Uh, I remember my first appearance, I, I was going to go with uh, uh, one of the former creative uh, uh, graphic designers in, in Frederick, Paul Danilo. He now works with the Pittsburgh Pirates in graphic design, so I'd gone with him, and I thought I was going to be the mascot for the first uh, time that I went on the appearance, but I actually ended up speaking in front of 600 kids on my first time uh, at a school, at an assembly, and that was one of those things like Wilmington with the design stuff. I was kind of thrown right into the fire and I hated the feeling of the anxiety. But at the same time, um, having having to kind of keep yourself on your toes and keep yourself uh, having uh, having to keep yourself guessing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is one of those things about baseball that happens uh, even in the off season. So um, it's one of those things where I became a lot more comfortable talking to people 
in front of large crowds. And uh, that was a really cool experience, uh, getting to go to so many schools and, and talk to kids about how important uh, reading is to uh, being successful in their education and their careers moving forward. Um, the majority of my appearances were, were me and, and my cohort at the time, uh, Bridget McCabe, and she ended up working in Frederick for, uh, you know, beyond the years that I was there developing into a, a really, really awesome uh, worker and, and marketer and just all around great person in, in minor league baseball. Um, she and I went through a lot in, in the earlier times of, of driving to three schools in one day, getting used to not living close to home and everything like that. Uh, so it was kind of cool. Again, it was one of those things, like I mentioned with some people in Wilmington, you butt heads with people and Bridget and I definitely butt butted heads, but I think we were both better for it. Um, if she doesn't feel the same, that's fine, but that's just how I feel. Um, but anyway, uh, so getting, getting to do that and, and getting to talk in front of all the kids and everything kind of prepared me to become an on-field MC at some point, which happened in, in the middle of 2012. Um, but before I get to that, um, the main parts of my job there, other than the Keys for Reading program, uh, was cr- uh, helping create the game day scripts uh, that are read by the PA announcer. Actually, Bridget put those together. I created the game grids that were used by the person who ran the video board and that were kind of used by our college intern group uh, to sign contestants up and everything like that. Um, I pretty much coordinated all of the player and mascot appearances um, helped manage the kids club baseball camp and the donation program. Uh, and I helped, uh, produce a lot of graphic design material for the program and website and different publications. Um, and I think the biggest focus while I was there was, was executing and creating specific, uh, promotional nights, uh, which, uh, you know, it went everywhere from beach night to superhero night to clue murder mystery night. Um, and, and just making sure that we're putting the, the best experience out on the field for um, for the fans through the gates. So, uh, yeah, again, Frederick was one of those things, the first full-time job. It was so great to work in an office with a lot of minor league or veterans. Adam Pohl, my boss, had worked with a, a couple of other teams before. The general manager there, Dave Zidelis, had worked a little bit in Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, so it was kind of... It, it was really nice to be able to work under so many people that that had a lot of experience for somebody like myself that was uh, going into my first full-time job. So, um, I mean, I worked in Frederick for three years, and there are a lot of people that I met there and a lot of people I worked with. Uh, it was just an overall great experience. The, uh, the second season there was kind of the one where I kind of broke into the on-field MC stuff. Uh, I never really considered doing it, but it just kind of became something that was a need. I don't remember the exact situation of why I started doing it, but I just there was a rotation of on-field MCs with the people that were also doing play-by-play on the radio. So my boss, Adam, was doing play-by-play on the radio, and then he'd have an inning or two off where he'd be MCing, and it just was a lot... Of, of timing, uh, so a lot of timing issues, really. So I started emceeing the uh, little stuff like singing happy birthday to kids on the dugout and uh, doing the Shake Your Keys song on top of the dugout after the seventh inning stretch. 
Uh, and after that, it just kind of became a more and more of a regular thing. I, w- I would end up doing those things on a nightly basis, and then I would start doing another game or two. And by uh, by 2013, midway through the season, I was pretty much doing the on-field MC thing full-time during games, and, and it was so much fun. It's one of those things where I, I got like a C in my public speaking class in college, and so to be able to get comfortable in my own body in front of thousands of people was just kind of surreal. Uh, I think on a weekly basis, I'd be like, hey, like how, how did I even get to this point? Like I used to hate talking in front of people, but getting to have those people be the people in the stands, you know, the kids that are having fun at the game and and everything like that was was just really cool. So uh, Frederick gave me my first uh, on-field MC experience, and and that kind of followed me throughout the remainder of my minor league baseball career. Um, so yeah, the I had worked in Frederick from uh, the end of 2010 to the end of 2013. Um, there are a couple of promotions there that ended up getting nominated for Golden Bobblehead Dolls. The biggest one being Clue Night, uh, which was a collaboration of myself. Uh, Mike Mueller, who was the public relations assistant, um, Bridget McCabe, who was full-time marketing at the time, and our uh, video guy, Sean Clark, that season. So um, that that year, we, we kind of put together a Clue Murder Mystery Night where our secondary mascot, Fran- Frankie, got murdered, and we handed out Clue forms and had uh, our interns dress up as uh, uh, as characters from the game of Clue. And it just all came together really cool. Uh, we had a big reveal at the end, and we had the security officer take away Colonel Mustard after he was convicted for the murder on the dugout uh, at the end of the eighth inning. So um, that was really cool to kind of go all the way from planning it to executing it. And if you're listening here, you can go on YouTube and search Frederick Key's Clue Night and kind of get an idea of, of what we did Um to make that night successful. Um, it was really cool to see our interns and our full-time staff get into it. Um, and again, it was just one of those things where it's kind of like a microcosm of what minor league baseball is. It was on like a Wednesday night where there wasn't a whole lot of people there, but you have to find ways to engage the fans. And it was one of those out of the box ways to be able to do that. So that was really cool. Um, that ended up got, getting nominated for a Golden Bobblehead Award, which is kind of like a minor league baseball promotional Emmy, I guess you could call it. Um, so I got to go to the promotional seminar in, um, I forget which year it was. I want to say it was probably Myrtle Beach. It was either Myrtle Beach or maybe Louisville, um, where I got to go up and present for the Golden Bobblehead uh, another Golden Bobblehead Award that we were nominated for was Six Months Till the End of the World Night, um, before the world was supposed to end in December 2012. We staged a Six Months Till the End of the World Night in the in June, and it was really cool. We we had people dress up as zombies. We had a professional face painter paint our faces like zombies. Um, it was it was a very very cool experience, and again to be nominated for a Golden Bobblehead Award, even though we didn't win, it's cool to be. Um, just selected among such a great group of teams that were nominated as well. And very proud of the effort that, that I put forward and the 
collaborative effort from from everybody. Um, it's one of those things in minor league baseball where it's rarely one person that that does the planning and execution for a night. It's it's three or four people normally, sometimes even more than that. And um, the staff that I got to work with in Frederick over my three years there was just was just really great, and it was cool to grow together with with Adam and and Bridget and and see their careers grow. Adam's now doing uh, broadcasting and sponsorship for the Bowie Bay Sox, which is Double A Orioles, and and Bridget's out west uh, working uh, working for the San Diego Padres after uh, created or ending a successful run as an assistant general manager uh, with the Frederick Keys. So it was really cool to see their how their careers went after I left. Um, but again, I think I'm I'm rambling a little bit for here. Um, but uh, I, I think my favorite part of working with the Keys, other than um, getting to on field MC, it was kind of developing my management style and management skills, uh, having dealt with a lot of different personalities on a, on a season by season basis with college students that may or may not know what they want to do. So I think getting a good idea of, of who wants to be in baseball and who doesn't, uh, was, was kind of interesting for me. And it's one of those things where they're there to learn. So, if you're working in minor league baseball and you run a staff that's that's of college interns, the, the biggest thing is making sure that they get as much out of the experience as you do. Uh, it's very important that you know if they at the end of the the internship time that they decide if they want to work in baseball, that's awesome. But if they don't, that's that's fine too. I think it's those early years of figuring out what you want to do and. Um, I worked with so many great interns over my three seasons there, and I still keep in touch with a lot of them today. Uh, and I just like being able to follow the careers of people that I've managed uh, because there's so many of them that have become successful and so many of them that are working really hard in their careers. And, um, and you know, I don't have a list of names of everybody, but I really enjoyed working with all of the interns Um night in and night out with the Frederick Keys, And uh, I, I hope you all are doing well in your careers and and I wish you the best in, in whatever you're doing. So anyway, that, I'm going to kind of end the Frederick times there. Um, towards the end of my time in Frederick, I wasn't really looking for jobs, but I got an email from one of my former college professors, uh, Charles Camp- P- uh, Charles Campisi, uh, who I like to call the Big Campies for whatever reason. Uh, it's his nickname. I'm not quite sure if he knows it yet or not. But um, so I got an email of job listings from him, and I saw a marketing and promotions manager position with the Gwinnett Braves on there, and I just decided to apply, not thinking that I would hear back. And then a week later, my boss Adam let me know that uh, he talked to the GM and the AGM and in, in Gwinnett because they knew him uh, and uh, they had called him about me. And that I was at the top of their list for the marketing and promotions job there. So I was kind of caught off guard by that at first. Um, I did a phone interview with them. And then a couple weeks after that, I went down there to to uh, interview in person and see a couple of games during the week. And, and getting to go and, and interview for a job in AAA baseball, given it's the Braves and I'm a Phillies fan. So it was a little tough to ever do the tomahawk chop. But uh, um, getting to interview there and, and see such a gigantic facility and uh, with so much opportunity for growth was was really cool. So after 
flying down there to interview uh, towards the end of my time there, I got offered a job and pretty much the next day I, I took it. It was one of those things where you just know in your heart and it's one of those things that you just feel. It's a gut feeling that you need to do it. And I, life starts at the end of your comfort zone and it's very cliche to say that. I never thought I would ever move out of the Northeast, but here I am doing a podcast um, in my bedroom in Port Charlotte, Florida. So a lot can change and you can challenge yourself to, to get to the edge of your comfort zone. And it might not feel good at first, but I'm telling you, trust me, from somebody who's done it before, it's it's worth taking the risk and it's worth getting outside of your comfort zone to, to chase what you want to do. And uh, that's exactly what I did when I moved to Georgia. Um, I worked with the Gwinnett Braves for two years. Um, it was a, it was a bit of an eye-opening experience for a number of reasons. Uh, when I worked in Frederick, uh, Wilmington, and Reading, they were all teams that had been in their respective cities for a long time. Frederick had been there for 25 years, um, so we celebrated like 20 of their 25 seasons during one of my years there. But Gwinnett uh, had only been in Gwinnett. Uh, since 2009. So it was one of those situations where going into the 2014 season there, it was, oh, like their sixth season, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, sixth season. Yes, I was just counting on my fingers. Don't judge me. Um, So it was one of those things where uh, they had opened up with really nice attendance numbers at first, but had kind of struggled since then. So I just kind of wanted to attack the challenge of going to a new market a challenging market just outside the city of Atlanta to to try and, uh, you know, just get my minor league baseball career, keep going. And um, my two years there had a lot of ups and downs. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, my first year there was, was really cool to be able to um, on-field MC alongside uh, the, uh, the full-time on-field MC that they had there at the time, Barry Lyle. Um, getting to MC in front of so many people was, was just a really fun experience. And, and I got goosebumps every time I did it. Now that I'm thinking about MCing in front of a lot of people, I forgot to mention in Frederick, one of the years, uh, that I worked, I am pretty sure it was my, um, my second year there in 2012, uh, the Baltimore Orioles had a minor league appreciation night. And uh, I actually got to MC a mascot musical chairs game on the field at Camden Yards in front of 35,000 people. And it was so awesome. Uh, one of those ex- out-of-body experiences, really. Um, that's on my YouTube channel. You can just search my name, Brandon Apter, on there. And I think it's just Apter MCs musical chairs. So uh, anyway, back to Gwinnett. My two seasons there, again, were, were very... I, I enjoyed it. Um, I worked with a lot of different people and a lot of differing personalities. Uh, but I think, again, at that point in my career, learning how to deal with different personalities and the challenges of a market where uh, people aren't necessarily coming to games just uh, just because it's a thing to do uh, was, it was a big challenge. And you think outside of Atlanta, it's not going to be a gigantic challenge to, to start with. Um, but there are so many different things going on in the Gwinnett area. Gwinnett's a county, not a city. So you have a lot of different cluster cities inside of there on a given Friday or Saturday night. There could be free concerts, free festivals. So a lot of stuff going on to kind of deviate away from the Gwinnett Braves, who are now rebranded as the Gwinnett Stripers. 
So the obviously the biggest challenges there were the market, um, trying to find different creative ways to to get people aware that it's the Gwinnett Braves. And a lot of people were commenting while the Gwinnett Braves were re in their rebrand process that the reasoning that they switched was because people would can come to the the Gwinnett Braves stadiums with, with Atlanta Braves tickets and, and vice versa. I think the biggest takeaway from that for me, I mean, I never experienced that, but um, it was one of those things when we would even go to a business down the road, when people see Braves, they think Atlanta Braves. They didn't think Gwinnett Braves. So whether or not people were mistaking uh, where they were bringing their tickets it's a matter of getting mixed in the market with the major league team that's so close. Uh, I think it was like 35 miles, pretty much. So you're, you're ch- you, the big challenge, not only the, the area with so much stuff going on, but if the Atlanta Braves are playing on a similar night, a lot of people are going to choose to go to Atlanta rather than come to Gwinnett. So I think that was a big challenge as well. And um, Again, the experience there was was similar in Frederick to the fact that I got to direct the on-field promotions um, and uh, work with a group of college interns on a on a uh, on a on game by game. Jeez, we're at the forty-five minute mark here, so apologize for my uh, stuttering or whatever that is. Um, I got to work with a group and manage an interview of college interns. Um, and uh, ju- just being able to kind of wake up and be challenged every morning was the biggest thing for me. Uh, when In Frederick, not to say that it wasn't challenging or anything, but Frederick had been there again for like 25 years. So it was one of those things on Friday or Saturday nights that people wanted to do. Like it, it was, you know, you go to a Keys game on Friday or Saturday night. And I think when I was in Gwinnett, still trying to establish that identity of the Gwinnett Braves not being the Atlanta Braves. And, uh, you know, creating a, a memorable atmosphere that people will want to return to. Um, and and again, it was one of those experiences that was very, very different for me. I think it was the first time that I, I wasn't necessarily sure if I was good at my job because I felt like I was putting a lot of work in, but there just wasn't necessarily... Um, a lot of return on that. There wasn't people showing up to games and I just kind of felt a little discouraged for pretty much like one of the first times in my career. Um, but overall, Gwinnett, the, the whole experience there was really cool. Uh, we got a, nominated for a Golden Bobblehead there for a promotion we did with Dave and Busters. That was kind of my brainchild. Dave and Busters does an eat, drink, and play combo. Uh, so we actually had people eat, drink, and play on the field. Uh, they ate a little bit of a hot dog. They had a drink. Uh, and then they spun around on a bat. And then they had to uh, sink a putt-putt or they had to shoot a basket and make it. So... We kind of tried uh, the uh, Gwinnett experience was one of those ones where when businesses wanted to do on-field promotions, I tried to find what the business's niche was. And in Dave and Buster's case, it was the eat, drink and play. So we wanted people to be able to do what they do at Dave and Buster's at the stadium and vice versa. And I think that was really good and ended up getting nominated for best uh, in-game promotion in 2014. Um, Let's see what else uh, in Gwinnett. Um, the GM and AGM there, uh, North Johnson and Sherry Massingill, when I first got there, um, and pretty much throughout the majority of my time there, uh, took me in like family, and, and I want to thank them for that. Um, it was my first time moving that far away from, from home, and I didn't know anybody. And uh, it was one of those situations where being part of the family there, 
uh, during my time there was, was something that I was very thankful for. And, um, of course, during my time in Georgia, the first time around, I, I had the opportunity to meet my girlfriend. Uh, so again, like I said, before I started getting into my, what I do in Gwinnett sort of thing, taking that risk to get outside your comfort zone can pay off. And, and I'm telling you, I got to extend my minor league baseball career. And I also got to, to meet the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. So, um, my, my Gwinnett Braves tenure kind of ended not as I had hoped. Uh, I had gone through a little bit of a medical scare in, uh, towards the end of 2014 into a lot of 2015. Uh, my mind was in different places. Um, so I think that ultimately was, uh, you know, my, my undoing per se. Um, I, I couldn't necessarily focus all the time, and it was one of those things where um, I was still putting a lot into my work, but um, I, was, I wasn't the Brandon Aptor that I was in Frederick or even my first year in Gwinnett, and I could even tell that. So it was one of those situations where the I'm not going to say how it all ended because it's not worth it. Um, I hold no ill will to anybody at the Gwinnett Braves, Gwinnett Stripers organization. It was a great time in my career. I really enjoyed my two years there. Um, I met some people that I still keep in touch with and really enjoy keeping in touch with. Um, my buddy Shay, I, I keep in touch with regularly. Uh, one of the ticket sales people, Alden, uh, their box office manager at the time, Crystal. Uh, they're all people that have kind of, since uh, my time in Gwinnett ended, uh, have you know really been a, a great friends and a great part of my life whenever I've gone back to Atlanta to visit um, from time to time. So Again, it's one of those things where not every single career move is going to work out exactly as, as you planned it. And um, again, my first year in Gwinnett was so great getting to experience working in AAA baseball. And the second season was good, too. You work with those same challenges as well. But it's tough uh, on, on night in and night out to, to be able to uh, put out, um, you know, to be able to put in so much effort and then have fans not show up. It's, it's, it's discouraging. And it's one of those things where it's, it's tough uh, in the morning to, to find different ways to, to try and get people to the ballpark. But I think that's really what shows what you're made of, that you go into work and you try to find different ways and try to think of different ideas to get people out to the games. And if they work great, if not, I mean, you tried, and that's what I can say about my second season there might not have been the greatest attendance wise, but I feel like I put a lot of effort into it and I'm very proud of, of my two years there. I really enjoyed it. And again, keep in touch with, um, a handful of people that I worked with during my time there. So after my, uh, experience in Gwinnett, um, I worked at a recruiting agency for three months and it was kind of like the worst ever. Um, I appreciate the recruiting agency that I worked with giving me a chance coming out of an industry um, that wasn't necessarily directly matched with with what they do, uh, but they took a chance on me and, uh, you know, it didn't work out, but I do appreciate being given the opportunity to, to see if it would work out. Um, but uh, towards the end of my recruiting agency thing, I went back to the winter meetings for the first time since 2009. Uh, so this was at the end of 2015, uh, and I bumped into Jared Forma, who was the director of ticket sales during my internship in 2010. And uh, 
it just turned out that they had a community relations and promotions position open and they were going through an ownership change. So there was a lot of change going on. And I left the winter meetings with a job offer from Port Charlotte, where I didn't leave the meetings, but um, towards the end of December, I had had offers from a couple of different teams, but uh, I, I decided to go to Port Charlotte because um, I had a history with Jared Forma, and it just felt like the right move for me at the time. And um, so in the middle end of January, I ended up moving to Southwest Florida, um, and, and I'll just say very briefly prior to that was when I started my long distance relationship and, uh, long distance relationships are tough, but, uh, let me tell you, they are worth it if you're in it with the right person and a uh, person that believes in you and, and supports you, uh, throughout everything that you do. So I moved to Florida at the end of January. Uh, it was a quick, quick turnaround for me because, uh, the Charlotte stone crabs, uh, also host a Tampa Bay Rays spring training. So I was only about three weeks away from um, three weeks away from spring training opening, opening day. So there was a lot to get adjusted to and everything like that. Um, and spring training was phenomenal. Um, I, I think almost starting in the off season where you don't have a lot of time, it gives you more time to adjust um, because getting thrown into the fire as I once did and uh, Frederick with the reading assembly, um, you know, you kind of have to just work on your toes and everything like that and learn as you go. And, and that ended up being a really great experience for me. Um, getting to work with a lot of the Tampa Bay Rays staff and just being around major league players was cool, um, to start and, you know, two seasons in Port Charlotte, it's a demographic where the median age is 55 and over. So uh, it kind of had the similar change of challenges that Gwinnett had, uh, except Gwinnett had a lot of other stuff going on and there weren't people coming to games. The difference in Port Charlotte was that there wasn't a whole lot to do, but there still weren't a whole lot of people coming to games. Uh, and the demographic was different than any other demographic I had dealt with prior. So... Um, I, I en ended up being the director of marketing and promotions for the Charlotte Stone Crabs, uh, doing the kitchen sink of what mar marketing and promotions is, uh, performing it as the on-field MC, um, planning the theme nights and executing the theme nights, um, managing the press box staff, managing a, a few college interns, uh, doing community appearances, uh, running, coordinating all the community appearances and being the mascot, um, uh, you know, just just pretty much everything. Finding new ways to to make people aware of the brand. Really, uh, grassroots marketing is so important in minor league baseball because the community is such a big part of making the team successful. And uh, it's very important to not just sit behind a computer and and boost Facebook posts or rely on digital marketing marketing to to get people to know about your product. Uh, it's more about getting out and getting in front of the people that you want to get to your games and, and sell the experience um, that that is offered at the games. So through, throughout the two seasons that I had in Port Charlotte, it's, it's one of those things where, again, it was very challenging, but I enjoyed it so much getting to have such uh, a large amount of control in the in-game production um, from, the, from gates opening till the end of the game. Um, and 
you know, just just becoming better at graphic design too. Uh, our marketing manager, uh, my first year that we that I was in Port Charlotte, uh, Chaley had left uh, middle of the season, so I was kind of put in a position where I had to do a lot of uh, bigger design projects that I had not been used to before. So it was one of those things where it was a little out of my comfort zone, and like I mentioned before, it kept me on my toes, and and I grew uh, a lot professionally because of that, and I got a little more comfortable with designing bigger productions, um, pocket schedules, and and ticket guides, and and outfield billboards, and everything like that. So so getting the opportunity to kind of lead the graphic design and everything, and also teach. Uh, the marketing assistants, how to, how, how to do graphic design when I had never taken a class in it before. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, my whole experience in Port Charlotte was, was really great. Um, I got to work with a lot of different people, uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays and, and the ownership group for, uh, the Stone Crabs, uh, the Caribbean baseball initiative is just a group of people that have, uh, gigantic like a huge background in minor league baseball and to to start my port charlotte time at the time that they were doing the management change into the caribbean baseball initiative and getting to talk with the ownership group and just hearing the passion in their voice and learning their stories was so awesome and i do want to thank them for giving me the opportunity to be a part of the team for for the 2016 and 2017 seasons um, it was an experience that I never forget. And, and again, uh, Jared Forma, the GM, was somebody I had kept in touch with since um, since 2010. Or I would not kept in touch with, somebody I go back with since 2010. And so having the opportunity to, to have a sense of familiarity, is that the word? It might be the word, I don't know. Um, was, was a little, made the transition a little easier for me. And... Um, it was one of those things where Port Charlotte, out of all of the places I worked, was probably the most physically exhausting because in Florida, um, in the middle of the day in June, July, around three, it always rains. The lightning storms are terrifying. So my first year there, we ended up pulling tarp nearly 60 times and um, firework pickup was one of those things I did in Frederick. Um, there was only one field to pick them up on there, though, in Port Charlotte. You have the spring training complex behind, so after a, a long day of working out in the heat, getting out and uh, doing firework pickup um, in the uh, in the backfields and the pretty much the pitch dark was was always an adventure, and um, I got mosquito bites aplenty when when I did that. So tarp pulls and firework pickup, I will not miss you. Um, so yeah, again, I didn't go too much into my job description with the stone crabs because it's very similar to what I did in um, Gwinnett and Frederick, just on a you know more more responsibility. Um, so again, it was one of those things where at the time I wanted to continue my career in minor league baseball, um, and this was the best opportunity for me to pursue, uh, and it was a very challenging market. Um, but I had a lot of fun and we ran a lot of successful events and, uh, I'm very proud again of the effort that, uh, of the effort of the entire staff with the stone crabs that I got to work with. It's it, again, it's never just one person putting it together. And for a small front office staff, uh, you work with people so many hours and, 
uh, I enjoyed working with with pretty much every single person that that I got to meet and uh, work with during my two seasons there. And uh, I'm going to miss it a lot. I'm going to miss it a lot. Um, You know, Florida is one of those places where I never, ever thought for a minute that I would be living down here. The weather's beautiful. And even though there's not a whole lot to do, it's grown on me a little bit. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where I I don't, I can't pinpoint it exactly where it was, but, um, after working in baseball for nine years, it's just one of those things where, um, I just kind of want a little bit more for myself. And I, I really enjoyed working in baseball for such a long time, but I wanted to have an opportunity to settle down in my personal life and kind of, uh, you know, graduate to the next thing in my career. Uh, even though minor league baseball was what I wanted to do from, you know, the middle of college to, you know, to right now. And it's one of those things where I never rule out a return to to anything. Um, But looking back on the nine years that I had in minor league baseball, it's just kind of crazy to sit here, um, you know, a week ahead of moving all my stuff to think that, uh, to think that once uh, you know March April comes, I'm not gonna go to a baseball stadium and I'm not gonna be able to on field MC or perform or anything like that. But um, all of the experiences that I had over my nine years in baseball molded me to become the person that I am today, and they've prepared me for for what is next in my career. And I can't thank all of the people enough that helped me get to where I am. <clears throat> helped me get to where I am today in my minor league baseball career and that have followed me throughout my minor league baseball career. I've met so many amazing people at winter meetings and promotional seminars from different teams. Um, and I can't say enough. It's like being in a gigantic family. Whenever you go to promotional seminars or winter meetings or anything like that, um, it's every, everybody is doing what they love and to be a part of, of that for the past nine years has been an, an absolute dream to me. And I know for me that, uh, sports is something working in sports is something that will never leave me. Um, I'll always find some way to be able to work in sports. Um, but again, I'm really excited for my opportunity at Kennesaw state university, getting onto a university, um, level and getting to work on a college campus, uh, it's very intriguing opportunity and running the marketing and social media for the university college at Kennesaw State. I'm just really excited to get started. I start there on January 8th, and um, I'm sure I'm sure I missed a couple of things while I was going over uh, all of my years of minor league baseball. But uh, um, you know, it's been an hour and two minutes into this podcast, so I think it's probably best if I. Uh, end it here uh, be if anybody's still listening so I appreciate everybody listening and tuning in again make sure to uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at after hours pod like it on Facebook after hours podcast and it's available on SoundCloud iTunes and Google give me good reviews because I want to feel good about myself if you give me bad reviews I'm going to hunt down your username and IP address and haunt you for the rest of your life. So again, thanks again for listening. I hope everybody has a great holiday season, and I'll be back with more episodes of the After Hours podcast uh, in 2018. Thanks, and take care.